Greetings, friends and brethren. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Last week, I talked to you about the grizzly bear lesson, and I talked to you about rest. I'm actually going to continue that topic this week, probably next as well, because you know what? This is a really important topic. Did you know that the Lord has a lot to say about rest? Well, today's message is entitled Spilled Lemonade. I think you want to listen to this one. And if you missed last week's Lessons from a Grizzly Bear, I really encourage you to go to the podcast. It's probably one of my best, and I'm not trying to brag, but it's just chock full of really important information that we as believers need to need to have under our belt so let's just open with prayer father we just thank you for your mighty mighty word we thank you father for all of life's experiences and how you teach us through what we experience how to grow strong in the ways of the lord father i thank you for this message today about rest again and how important rest and peace are in our life so lord i just ask that each of these people listening today will be encouraged to follow the path of rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to tell you the story of the spilled lemonade first, and then we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 4. So if you want to get your Bibles and get ready, uh, that's where we're going to head next. Now, the story of spilled lemonade goes like this. So this is an actual story. This happened not too long ago. But it was a Sunday, and I was going to baptize four people in my pool. I was pretty excited. We were going to have a cookout afterwards. Actually, a cookout prior to the baptism. And everything was going swimmingly well until we were on the deck, and I handed my husband a, uh, a, I think it was about a quart and a half of lemonade in a plastic container. But I unfortunately handed him a couple things, not just the lemonade. Well, it fumbled in his hand, it fell out of his hand, and it hit the floor. It hit the deck. It broke. Now, fortunately, it was plastic, not glass. But when it hit the deck and broke, all one and a half gallons of sugar-sweet lemonade went everywhere. And of course, I was aghast, and so were all of my guests. And everyone wanting to help, you know, people stepped in the lemonade and then tracked it around. I mean, to tell you, I was having a holy fit. I was having a holy fit with my husband and I was trying to not lose my temper, but I was just like, oh my gosh, I was just beside myself. And it took a while just to, just to sop up all that wet lemonade and get that deck cleaned up. And mind you, you know, all the food is out and we're actually, we were just ready to eat when this little thing transpired. Well, it actually wasn't a little thing, not to me. You see, it was a big thing. 
And that was the problem. This spilled lemonade put me in a tizzy. So I got in a bad mood. I got just all ruffled and tossed and turned and just, oh my goodness, I was, you know, I was beside myself just trying to clean up this mess. Anyway, it wasn't until later, it was actually after the grizzly bear deal, that the Lord began to show me how I was not flowing in the peace of God. I was not walking in the rest of the Lord. And it was that spilled lemonade episode. So I tell you, you can learn from my experience. And I have learned a very good lesson. And I am in the process truly of not allowing any kind of crazy stuff that happens. You know, life does happen. And that was one of those life does happen kind of things. But when you're the hostess and when you're the minister that's going to baptize the people and you're trying to get all that food prepared and yada 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 well you can see that martha the martha in me got pretty excited that just did a couple things that just you know it accelerated me to um just i i was not able to walk in any kind of peace not any kind of rest now, the Lord has a lot to say about rest. And I can tell you, of all the topics that I have taught over the many years that I have been teaching the Word of God, I don't think there's any topic, and I'm just as honest as I could be, I don't think there's any topic as important as walking in God's rest, walking in His peace. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 4, starting with verse 1. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. I want you to follow with me. And as I said, if there's any topic that you should re-listen to, it's last week's and this week's. And I know there's more to come because uh, I know what the Lord's been speaking to me about this um, this topic. But, so here, let's go. Therefore, and of course, we don't know, I'll stop for a second, we don't know who the writer of Hebrews is, and there's all this debate about who wrote Hebrews, and I tend to think that Paul probably wrote Hebrews. But nevertheless, let's go. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although the word, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. 
And again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience, again he, Christ, designates a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time, it has been said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest, Christ's rest, has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his I just want to say right from the get-go, there's a lot, a lot to unpack here. And so I'm just telling you ahead of time, there is no way I can unpack this in one program. But I want to start by talking about the fact that peace and rest really are almost one and the same thing. Now let's go back, let's look at Joshua 21, and you see, if you just remember a couple things, I'm going to share some, some things with you today that I think, you know, they're just little sayings, if you remember them, it'll do you well. Let's look at Joshua 21, verse 43. It says, so the Lord gave to Israel all the land which he had sworn to give to their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. I don't want to stop right there. Remember that they wandered for 40 years. That's what Hebrews is talking about, that they did not enter God's rest. They didn't enter his best. What was his best? His best was that they not wander 40 years when they were literally two weeks away from the promised land. But they went in a circle around and around and around for 40 years when they were literally, the scripture says, says two weeks away from the promised land to getting into the promised land. But because of their unbelief, see, it also says in Hebrews, their disobedience they disobeyed. Who did they disobey? They disobeyed Joshua and Caleb, who had told them, we were there. We saw the land of milk and honey. Remember that there were 12 spies. Remember that 10 of them said, we cannot go in and take that land. And Joshua and Caleb said, well, of course we can go in and take that land. And the people wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb. Because the 10 spies were absolutely convinced that they could not go in and take it because their people were like giants. Well, those were the people of Anak, and they were giants, and they were big. 
But see, they were disobedient to the word of God. They were disobedient to what Moses had said to them, what Abraham had said. They were disobedient to the fact that they could literally go in and take the land. But fear, unbelief, caused them to walk in disobedience. And because of their disobedience, they wandered for 40 years, murmuring and complaining, and never entered God's rest, which was God's best. All right, verse 44. Let me read that again because I think it's pertinent to where we're, we're going here. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give to their fathers, right? This was what God swore to Abraham. And they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest. There's that word. The Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Verse 45, not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel all came to pass. Wow. So everything that God had promised had come to pass. That, that incredible God of Israel was a promise-keeping God. And he is still a promise-keeping God. He gave Israel the land in accordance with the promises he had made with Abraham including Moses and the patriarchs. And in addition to giving them the land, he granted them rest. Now, if you think about it for just a moment, if all their enemies were subdued, if all their enemies were quiet and not one enemy stood against them, what do you think life was like? Well, it was peaceful. There was peace in the land because they were not in any kind of turmoil. They were not in any kind of fights. They were not waging war. They were living in peace. And peace equals rest. Where there's peace, there is rest. Where there is no peace, there is no rest. So every time that they came up against an enemy and had to fight, there was no peace, so there was no rest for them. And in that 40 years that they marched around literally in a circle, very little rest, very little rest for them. You can't walk in the rest of the Lord and murmur and complain and be so angry and worked up and upset. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. So no peace, 
no rest. If there's peace, there's rest. And you know, that goes for you and me in our life as well. So when I spilled the lemonade, or when my husband spilled the lemonade, I didn't have any peace. So I had no rest in my soul or my spirit. I had to settle myself down, literally, so that I could get back into a place of peace and rest in the Lord. Now, we're talking that back to Joshua. You see, physically, let's just talk about the physical aspect of rest and peace. So when you're fighting with an army, you're in a battle. Obviously, there's no rest because there's no peace. There's a raging battle. Think about that in your own life. When you are confronted with a battle, and sometimes these battles can be raging battles. When you are confronted with a battle, it is not fun and there is no peace in that battle until you surrender that battle, that situation to the Lord. Because what does the scripture say about our battles? It says the Lord fights our battles. You see, I don't have to fight any battle that I have to deal with. I, I don't. I don't have to fight a battle in the natural. I don't have to fight a battle in the spiritual because he fights my battles. Now, let me step back a second. I said, I don't have to fight battles in the spiritual. I do have to fight battles in the spiritual, but I use the battle, the, the weapons I have been given. I've been given the weapon of praise. I've been given the weapon of thanksgiving. So I can speak to certain situations using my voice because death and life are in the power of the tongue. But in the natural, when we experience these battles, the Lord is the one. He's the commander in chief of the angel armies. And I just have to stand still, the scripture says. I just have to stand still and watch the salvation of the Lord because he is fighting on my behalf. Well, folks, if he's fighting on my behalf, he's fighting on your behalf. If you are a believer in Christ, if you have given your life and committed your life to Christ, you've got Christ fighting battles for you. You don't have to fight him in the natural. You do not have to go there. I know people right now fighting some pretty tough battles in the natural. And you know what they're doing? Fighting them all on their own. Oh, yeah, they've got all kind of people, um, um, you know, lawyers and all, all kinds of all kinds of situations, all kinds of folks. Um, I have given counsel to an individual and said, look, this battle is not your battle. It's a, it's a severe, serious battle. 
But the forces of evil is what you're up against. You're up against the spirit of darkness and the spirit of evil. You just give that to the Lord. He'll fight that battle for you. Well, they didn't listen to me. I don't know what the outcome of that situation is yet, but I can tell you it ain't going to be pretty. See, we have to let the Lord fight those kind of battles because we aren't capable. He is. He knows everything. He knows everything in the mind of those who oppose us. He knows exactly how to flip the situation around. We've got to trust the Lord. See, when, when we don't trust the Lord in a specific situation, I don't care. You could, you could name me 5,000 situations. If you don't trust the Lord, you will have no peace. And you will have no rest. And therefore, guess what? You will not have God's best. Because when you're in God's rest, you're in God's best. So it behooves us to want to walk in the rest of the Lord, in peace. And I'm just telling you, you have to get this. Because this is, this is a critical, hmm, this is a critical concept in the time that we're living in, Okay. And you know, if you've listened to me for any length of time, I'm all about building foundation, a strong spiritual house. You know, I'm trying to help you build a strong spiritual house. If you just listen and follow what I'm telling you, you will build a strong spiritual house with a very strong foundation in Christ. And then when you're up against all these situations, circumstances, difficulties, see, Boy, I tell you, if you just flow in the, in the will of God, well, what's God's will? Uh, you know, a lot of people ask, well, what is the will of God? I can tell you the will of God, first of all, was always in his word, you know, following, following the commandments of his, of his word. But flowing in God's will is flowing in his peace. And if you're flowing in God's will and flowing in his peace, you are flowing in his rest. And when you're flowing in his rest, you are flowing in his best. It's really that simple. Don't make this all complicated by telling me this, that, and the other. This way, that way, da-da-da-da-da. I'm telling you, this is not that complicated. I don't care how many different aspects to your difficult situation there are. Just flow in the will of God. The will of God is for you to walk in his peace. Listen, Isaiah didn't make that statement for nothing. The chastisement for our peace was upon Christ on that cross. Every bruise, every scourging, every whip, everything he took on the cross was so that you could walk in that peace. And when you walk in that peace, you will walk in his rest. When you walk in his rest, you will walk in his best. So, no peace, 
no rest. Peace, rest. Your rest, God's best. It's that simple. Now, there very, there's many aspects of this rest that I haven't got, gotten into. One of the things that it mentions in Hebrews 4 is about believing. See, believing God's word, believing what he says, believing his promises. I tell you, I, I honestly, I almost witness it every day. I see things on Facebook, things people post, da, da, da. And we're talking Christians. These are people that I know. And they are not, they're just, they're walking in unbelief. They're walking in unbelief. When you walk in unbelief, literally, you can, you are not trusting him. So you cannot enter his rest. What does it say here? Verse two, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Who's them? Those who were in the wilderness. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. See, when the boys came back from spying out the land, those 10 bad boys that when they gave the evil report then people couldn't mix their faith see there was no faith to believe that what god had told them hey this is land of milk and honey well they didn't see it as a land of milk and honey because the ten spies said it's not a land of milk and honey it's a land of giants and we're grasshoppers in their sight see they did not stand on the word that it was a land of milk and honey, that they could have t- mixed their faith with what they had heard from the Lord, what he spoke to them as a promise. And in two weeks, they could have been in the promised land instead of 40 years in the wilderness and The majority of them never made it in. They didn't enter that rest. They died in the wilderness. So when the writer of Hebrews says, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, see, there's a promise. What is the promise? The promise is the word of God. Whatever the word says, those are our promises. They are promises To us as believers, they are yes and amen. So you have to take the promise from the word, mix your faith with it, and walk it out. But they couldn't, and they didn't. Because it says here, it says, As he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. See? It was already accomplished from the foundation of the world. But they could not enter that rest. They could not go there. So they didn't receive God's best. Well, I'm out of time. And I hope you sure do listen to this podcast again called Spilled Lemonade. 
because it's it's so vital it's so necessary for our growth and maturity in the lord you can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again and um i'm hoping that some of you will take this serious and sow into this ministry because i am contemplating going off the air um you know i have very little financial support these programs you know i air at 8 p.m on mondays on wwva 11:70 a.m and i air again at 11 p.m and i'm not receiving any financial support so it's pretty expensive to be on um on this radio station so i would encourage you if you want me to stay on please help me stay on uh, you can send uh, a check to pure heart ministries p.o box 85 that's p.o box 85 valley grove west virginia 26060 well this is don noble i look forward to being with you again Shalom, shalom, peace be unto you.